Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the buildup here on the Sharks Audio Network. We are getting ready for the Sharks game against Calgary tonight. Game one of a seven-game homestand, five of which are against divisional opponents. The biggest moment of the year up to this point, because if the Sharks can thrive in the here and now, then that'll go a long, long way for figuring out whether or not this team is a playoff team or not. Right now, the Sharks sit at fifth place in the Pacific Division. 13 wins, 11 losses, and one overtime loss. They've lost two in a row. They are one point back of fourth place Vegas, four points back of third place Anaheim, five points back of second place Edmonton, and eight points back of first place Calgary, who is in the building tonight. And the Sharks have already beaten once this year. Without further delay, we are now joined by our good friend Brody Brazil, of course, the host of pre- and post-game coverage for the San Jose Sharks on NBC Sports California. Brody, what's going on, man? Well, Ted, the buildup right now is somewhere between my nasal cavity and my throat. That's that's, that's where I can feel the buildup. I'm I'm trying to get rid of it so I don't so I don't sound sick. I'm getting sound, over it right now. You sound glorious <laughs> as always, though. I can assure you. <laughs> that's just the audio equipment. That's not me. Well, it's working. What, whatever you've done, it is uh, it is succeeding. Um, unlike the Sharks in their last two games, as I make an incredibly awkward segue. Uh, but here's the deal, dude. Like success to me is the team being disappointed with a three and two road trip. Like right. last year, you and I would have been like popping bottles if they had right. gone three and two on a road trip and like, it's yeah, they won the Stanley cup. And this year like, well, that's a little disappointing. I'm like, God, what, what a difference a year makes. Well, here's the breakdown though. If, if we looked at the first three games and said, all right, you've got wins to start your road trip. This could be a four win road trip. I talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. I think knowing how they played out now this year, you might be disappointed because there was a chance to get a fourth win in there or at least to kind of really put a good, good coat of paint on it. But uh, yeah. I, I agree. I still think three out of five, not bad. All things considered. What I've what I've boiled it down to, Ted, is is looking at this team. They have the ability to beat almost anybody mm-hmm. on almost any night, right? Mm-hmm. But they're just not able to do it predictably enough or consistent enough. Um, and I think they've done a better job of winning like the 50-50 games of, you know, ones that could and should have gone either way. They've handled those, but just, um, you know, like against the Rangers, for example, you're right there in it, or, or even the other night against Columbus, um, a back and forth game. It's it's just really tough to know what you're going to get out of this team. You know what they're capable of, but on a consistent basis, that that's the unpredictable part right now. Yeah, and I think that comes down to the fact that they're very good at convincing wins and convincing losses. Right. The tight games are a little bit different. Like they were able to get, you know, a, a tight win and, you know, like a 2 1, and they've had a couple ones that are like that. But for the most part, you've seen it 4 1, 5 2, even the come from behind Winnipeg game number one. It's been a little bit more convincing. You've had some OT winners in there, but, you know, the, the, the tighter games, the back and forth, those are the ones they seem to have trouble managing. And that's yeah. why I'm, 
you know, the Rangers game, it's like, it's hard to give up a goal and walk away with not only no points, but a loss. And then you look at that Columbus game where you've got two leads on the road. Right. And then you come out with the horrible defensive breakdowns, the start of the third period, and you're at a two goal deficit when it was three, three. It's like, what, what just happened? Like, which yeah. team is this? I feel like there is a trend, and, and I know their record is tremendous this year when they score first. And yes. and that's not surprising. Like, that's obvious for any NHL team. But I also feel like if you threw that stat out the window, if you just watch the way they play with a the lead, um, they are, a I don't know, a different team, a more confident team. They they actually do quite well hanging, you, with, with the exception maybe of, of Sunday and how that went, but they do mm-hmm. quite well when they score first or when they have a lead. They seem to be able to manage those games better. To your point, games where it is a little bit back and forth or they are trying to mount a comeback, um, those ones have been a little bit less successful. I, I mean, we are diving into something that's you know, hard to quantify all the time by stats, and it's, it's impossible to come up with, well, here's the one reason why that's happening. Right. But it is something that you notice you know, if, you're, if you're really trying to put together um, you know, a, a theme and, and trends of, of being past the quarter point of the season, we're, we're deep enough in now where we can kind of see what this team is all about. And it definitely is the case, like I said, of, of hard to be consistent in getting those wins that are statement wins, but also, um, you know, in game situations when they're behind, um, they, they do seem to struggle getting back on top of it and, and hanging on to it. What is your answer for the offense right now? Because that is probably the most inconsistence and the power play is clearly a problem right now. Um, how do they get that rolling? And you know, I know you recently talked to William Eklund, and it seemed like when he was here, the power play had more success. <laughs> it's one of those things that I, yeah. I, you know, I talk about. By the way, good job on the interview, man, because he's, uh, I feel like he's a little bit guarded. Um, a little bit. But he was, you know, he's he's an interesting cat. Well, he's 19 too, right? Yeah. So, which I think makes me have to remember that when I was 19, uh, I, I wasn't, <laughs> if I were interviewed like that in a professional situation, talking about being in the NHL. I mean, he he is so mature, way beyond his years. I think that shows. But yeah, it, and, and the situation is tough where it wasn't his decision to go back to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what he would have preferred. We also know what, you know, ex- experts thought was best for him. And I, I mean, I think why it's, it, I don't want to say it, it's a fun conversation because it's not fun for him. But <laughs> I mean, everybody's got an opinion in in the end. Like, we know what William Eklund is going to be probably starting next season or even two and three years down the road. I I think we all have an idea of where this is going. So we're all in the minutia of the here and now. Like, should he be in Sweden? Would the Barracuda have made any sense? Could he have just hung on with the Sharks this year and and potentially only played, you know, 60 or so games to kind of keep him ripe and fresh? Anyway, um, no, I agree. He's uh, You know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, As for what you said before... The Sharks' power play started this year 5 for 12 mm-hmm. on the man advantage. Clearly, that was a clip that was not going to be maintained. But um, I, I, it's weird because it was such a simple power play back then. It wasn't trying to go for the sexiest shot. It was just literally trying to put any open shot on net, go for yeah. a rebound. Uh, you saw some wristers that, that found the back of the net. I mean, it... I, it's so weird to say, can we just get more simple? Can we keep simplifying? Can it go back to, can it get even more basic than it is? Um, I'd be more interested in that, uh, but I agree. It's a little bit of that. Um, I've also liked to see Nick Benino get in, involved with the scoring. I, I just think the depth, right? You're not asking your third and fourth line to always give you a goal, um, but sometimes, like, there has to be 
some balance that they give you too. So um, it can't just be Timo. It can't just be a Dolan, a Logan, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I think too, does Brent Burns have two goals now this year? Yeah, because he's broke through for the what? It's been eleven games since he yeah. scored. And like, the, like if you if you look at his production, like he's involved in the offense. He's oh, for sure, chipping in on, on assists. I mean, I, I you know what? It's I'm not even when I bring him up, I'm not saying, oh, I need more goals from you, Burnsy. I'm, what I'm saying is like, it kind of makes you wonder if, in the same way, the hockey gods uh, even things out for Benino, right? If Burns is going to go on one of those gold hairs too, you know, so and you have to wonder that about Tomas Hurdle as well. He finally yeah. got a goal after yeah. he'd been showing a lot of frustration, and we heard Bob Bugner talk about the fact that he wanted him to not be as demonstrative with his frustration because he didn't know if it was good for everyone else, particularly the younger guys. It's you know, Bugner Brody is very interesting to me because he is uh, he's very cerebral. He's very he's very thoughtful in and he's open about it in a way that I don't know all head coaches are. Um, I think it's the initials, Ted. I think it's the BB thing. It really, really gives you an I've idea. I've never of, thought about that that correlation <laughs> connection before this moment. But you're and, probably and Bre- right. And Brent Burns too, if we're if we have to go there. But um, no, I, I think I I agree. You know, one of the things that um, I've I've noticed from Bob since the beginning is just that he doesn't he kind of lets you know his thought process. And uh, not for me to switch gears into my other role as uh, A's pre and post game host, but. Uh, former A's manager, and it's we're still weird to say that Bob Melvin was uh, the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, you never, you never felt like after a game he was sitting there and giving you the company line. Uh, he and Bob does the same thing. He's not covering up necessarily for his players. He's going to give you the most honest and and open. Now, now sometimes he'll be, you know, elegant in his words to mm-hmm. not not throw anybody under the bus. But I mean. Uh, he has also used words. I think he's used soft and and terrible and this and that. Well, he used just, brain dead and uh, just on Sunday, right? Yeah, I mean, there was brain dead and one yeah, other expression. I forget yeah. what it was, but it was like, ooh, harsh language. Right. No, and so I mean, I I appreciate that as much as you do, as much as all the fans do, and I don't think the players mind it because they know it's coming from a good place, right? Like when when you have when you don't have the trust of your coach and, and your coach talks about you that way, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. Clearly, it has not been uh, when he's in charge. So he's got it going. He knows what he's doing. And uh, I, again, I I think we all appreciate that. And and to to be that uh, forthright about a guy like Hurdle, I mean, who wouldn't hurt a fly, right? right. Like who it's it's hard to see him not smiling. Um, but it's kind of good to know that 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 fire burns inside 48. And, um, you know, sometimes letting your teammates see that, I, I think, speaks volumes about you. You can't do you can't do that every time. Right. You can't do that every game or every scoring rut. But uh, to use that tool of emotion effectively, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And to be fair to him and I, you know, I don't want to ignore the obvious, but he's also it's a contract year for him. I mean, he's trying yeah. to I mean, that's under I mean, I know people don't like to think about money in sports, but it's like homeboy's trying to get paid and I don't blame him. It it behooves him and the sharks for him to be putting pucks in the back of the net. Um, You know, one of the things that's interesting and I, I've thought about doing this and I don't know if I want to do it yet, but if I do, I'll I'll probably text you the results. I think about applying the goals against average this year uh, to the sharks of last year and seeing how much that changes the results, because it really is fascinating to watch the, the entire dynamic on the ice changes because you're getting these big stops. And listen, I never want to come to, I think Martin Jones is always a great guy with me. I thought Devin Dubnik, even though I didn't get to interact with him because of COVID restrictions, right. seemed right. like just a stand-up dude, seemed yeah. awesome. But I mean, the way that Hill and Reimer have played this year 
I mean, just been fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the biggest trends of the season, right, are like great bounce back by Timo Meyer. I think you've started to see, you know, Carlson get back to where he wants to be. And even with the COVID setback, I mean, he said the other day, it's still affecting him. Um, but I think one of the other, and I also think you're, you're finally getting some younger players that are going to stick, the Weatherbees, the Dolans. Um, but I think another, one of the biggest themes, as you've identified, is they have turned it around defensively. Now, going back to the road trip, um, at the at the, and the the first four games. Wait, what was the Rangers final? Oh, it, they one nothing. Shut yeah. out one nothing. That's right. <laughs> uh, so if I'm correct here, the first four games of the road trip, they allowed was it zero, one, two, and zero? No, it was zero, one, two, and one. Sorry. Yes, zero, one, two, I, and I'm, one. I, yeah, I, yeah. This is why you don't do math when I'm not ready for it, and I'm, I don't have any notes in front of me. What I'm or saying more is, more accurately, this is why you and I are in sports, right. not engineering. <laughs> Which way is that building yeah. going to lean? Um, so no, I mean, think about the Sharks defensively. Now Sunday was not the the best showing uh, without the puck, but my point is, look how good they were defensively mm -hmm. at the beginning part of that trip, and. And I think it goes both ways. The defense scratches the goalies back. The goalie scratches the defense back. Um, and it's not just the defensemen. It's the entire team. They have definitely solidified things this season. And you're right. It 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 casts a, a weird light on Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik and Aaron Dell and everybody else that's been around in the last couple of years. But uh, it's true. Um, the goalies look better because I think the defense looks better. And if you're talking about areas they've shored up, um, that's one of them. And, and quite honestly, that's the reason why you said earlier why we'd be happy with a three-win road trip mm -hmm. this year or, or or we understand that they're a different team. And, and that's why, like I said, they can beat any team on any given night largely because their defense is going to keep them in the game. Now, is their offense going to put them over the top in a game, right? That's well, that's kind of the question. Well, that kind of brings me to my next point is there, there's been so much talk about identity this year. There's been so much talk about being the – you know, chip and chase, you know, be tough to get shots off against, block the shots, defense first, right. you know, net minding, whatever it is. I feel like when it is not so much of an active thing in games for them to be that team, when it's more of their natural state, that they will get more offense. And I think that's part of the rectification that we will see as we get deeper into the year. Because I don't know that the Sharks offense is underperforming when you just look at the lack of weapons they've had to years past. But I also do think that it should be better than it is. I'm also going to throw this out there, and I'm not going to go into the topic deeply, but you don't have your leading goal scorer from last season Correct. on your team. And whether it is Evander Kane that were on your team or whether it was hypothetically a trade that the team will make to acquire somebody um, of a similar skill set, right? Like, think about getting that. And when I say, like, getting that for free, just talk about the team aspect of, of getting a player of a certain salary and a certain capability and a certain prowess for goal scoring, they are they are they are doing what they're doing, minus a piece that they should have. Mm -hmm. When I say a piece they should have, it's either Evander's services or, like I said, somebody comparable. Um, so, I, I think it, it's hard for us to have this conversation entirely and also omit that part because, of course. It's just it, from a team aspect, from a productivity aspect, yeah, you should have another really, really capable <laughs> winger up there with the ability to score goals. So, um, and I agree. I, I, I still think, to your point too, some of this stuff comes and goes. Um, but I would say, you know, if, if this team is short on an area, it's, it's consistently scoring. Would you make a trade this year to improve the offense or would you say, you know what, 
we can't sacrifice the future right now. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to kind of, you know, keep our picks and work towards a, hopefully something that's not too far off in the future. They've Doug has worked so hard. Doug and company have worked so hard to get this team and this ship turned around. I'm going to tell you right now at about the, what are we, 25 games approximately? I'm going to tell yeah. you at this mark, no, I would not really do that. Um, but but come back to me at game 40. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> like if, if they do make a push here and we're talking about, you know, January, February, they're making it really, really interesting. And I think another thing is they've played one division game. Now, they're going to get their second tonight against <laughs> the same Calgary Flames they've already seen. But... I mean, we know how the Sharks stand in the standings, but we don't know how they stand head-to-head with any of these other teams. Las Vegas, uh, Calgary, uh, well, Calgary, yes, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, Seattle. There, maybe there's there's some wins there for the taking. Um, so I, I think you you really need to see your, yourself against the division, and you need to play about 15, 20 more games. But at this point, it, it's going to be a hard sell to be bu- hard sell to be buyers for me. Yes. Uh, but I think. I, I would be open to it. The team just has to show you that it, that it would really make sense. Because I also, I do understand the value of this team either making the playoffs or not making it for a third straight year for the very first time in franchise history. They are on the cusp, though, of what could be the most important stretch of scheduling over the year. Seven yeah. in a row at home, yeah. nine out of ten before the end of the year at home. Right, right. And then of these next seven, five are against divisional opponents. Right. Um, I mean, this is, it's big. It's, these are big, big games for the Sharks. And let's just look at the seven game homestand. Is it, is it five wins? Is it, right. or even right. the, the month? Is it winning seven out of the 10? Like how, that, that, I had an easier time determining what I wanted on the road trip than I do with this nine <laughs> out of 10 at home. I'm serious. Well, and especially, it's weird because you're right. It shouldn't be that way. And especially against teams, you know, the New Jerseys of the world who, you know, you, you see them twice, like they're done. With mm-hmm. the with the uh, Devils for the rest of the year, a lot of t- but like they've already seen Winnipeg three times, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, no, I I agree. It's hard to it's hard to even know what to expect, uh, where to set the bar for for the Sharks in a, on a homestand like this. But I agree, you know, not having to really leave California uh, or or even the the Pacific Time Zone mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah, they only go to Anaheim. That's their road. Yeah, game. exactly. Um, so, yeah, you're right. This next stretch is going to tell us a lot more. It couldn't come at a better time uh, just in terms of, okay, wh- who are we? What are we capable of? What are we going to do? And, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, you know, I, I know the situation. I'm going to go back to it. The situation with Evander is such that uh, he's with the Barracuda. I don't, I don't think the Sharks want that to be a long-term thing. I, I know Evander doesn't want that to be a long-term thing. Um for him to play games, get back in hockey shape, showcase a little bit, all of that helps the cause to figuring out what's next. Uh, I'm glad they got it to this point of, um, you know, things are settled, so to speak. Like, here's your role. Here's what we're asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, but I can't wait to see what happens next so that maybe we can we can get to a best-case resolution for the team, for Evander and everybody. They beat Calgary once before the yeah. the Sharakuda. The Can they do it again yeah, tonight? That's right. That's right. It was a, a charcuterie game. Yes, a, a honor. I got. I don't know. I was like, how do you come up with that stuff? <laughs> Boom, Brody. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. We'll do it soon. You got it. Thanks, Ted.
All right, that is Brody Brazil of NBC Sports California joining us here on the buildup as the Sharks get ready for their game against the Calgary Flames tonight, the first of seven at home in a row that'll go a long way, like I said earlier, in helping us determine what the Sharks are going to be over the course of this year. Of course, the first four games of that road trip, they were really, really good. And then the fifth game, they were good for two periods, and then it all kind of fell apart. But you did get Brent Burns and Tomas Hurdle going once again. Let's see if that is a trend that continues as we look into tonight's game against Calgary. We are out of time. You are listening to the Sharks Audio Network for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.